guess we're good to go. <laughs> Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I will get it out. I swear. <laughs> it's not like I've done 130 some odd of these. That Give I or would, take. Yeah, that I should be able to, to get that line out without problems. So, take two. Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alan Smith, and today I am joined by... Barry! And it is just us again today because Dave, because uh, life is yeah. basically what it comes down to. Uh, Dave, at Dave's work, they are opening a another campus, or they just opened another campus, and life is very hectic for him right now. So it's uh, to quote Skid Row, he's a slave to the grind. Yes, so nice. yes, baby. <laughs> you know, I have been listening to an an unusual amount of 80s music for me yeah. lately for some reason I th- some of it is when we did the um the songs of 82 yeah yeah, you know, yeah, we did the top, you know, the top 100. And you were impressed that I could remember Key Largo by Bertie Higgins. That, that's still just, <laughs> I, I cannot believe that. I've caught there, there more crap several, for that than there, anything There were several pulls that you made on that one. That was like, wow, that that's good. That, that's, uh, I mean, I am thoroughly impressed. You know? The infamous Amy, every time we go on a car trip now and like an air supply sun comes on, she'll just look at me and go, you know this one too, don't you? Like, you know, oh, yes. Air supply is one of those bands that like... I will never say that I love Air Supply. True. I would never even say I like Air Supply. And yet. And yet, they do have a couple of songs that I'm like, eh, it's not so bad. (laughs) It it defined an era. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I think this sums it all up when it comes to 80s music for me quite a bit. Okay. Last week, I was sitting, um, I think it was actually Easter Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. my, My son was with his mom, and I just didn't go I didn't go to my parents' house or anything. Right. There was nothing really going on. So in the afternoon, I went to Waffle House because it was about the only thing open. As you and, do on an Easter. Yeah, I and I, hey, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many Christmases I've spent at a Waffle House. Okay? <laughs> Some uh, people hunt for eggs. You were having yours over easy. So Actually, I do that. Yeah, over easy go. with pork chops. There so. you go. Uh, <laughs> but I was sitting there, and the uh, the the, wa- the waitress that's in there, and of course I cannot pull her name for anything, but we always, we're around. She's a sure. little younger than us. You right, know, right. Probably in that very, very late 30s, very, very early 40s, you know, like that late Gen X, early millennial okay. you know, somewhere okay. in there. Right like, there on, the cusp. on the cusp, like right there, you know, that Gen Y, whatever they want to call right. them, you know, to call themselves. And um, I was playing music and it was like, you know, I, I just for whatever reason, and it was, it was stuff like, you know, um, yeah, I still haven't found what I'm looking for on U2, you know, on their jukebox. You, you know. played a U2 oh, song? Yeah, no, Shocker. U2 song. Um, and you know, and and some other stuff, but the last, the very last song that I played was mm-hmm. uh, Ario Speedwagon's "Keep on Loving You." Ooh, good song! And it came on, and she was kind of singing along with me, and I was like, "Have I ever told you how much I hate Ario Speedwagon?" <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at me, and she goes, "And yet you played the song." I was like, "I know." Not I only played hate. it, I guarantee you sung along. Oh, with I know it every too. word to that. Yeah, song. exactly. I, like, you know? I hate Ario Speedwagon. Like, <laughs> I hate them with a passion. But I really love that song. <laughs> you know. And you know what? Um, uh, Riding the Storm Out, not bad oh, song. Amazing either. song. Not amazing a bad song, song either. But you know what? The rest of their stuff can go fuck itself. Well, okay. I mean, that's. You know, I don't know if I go that far, but it's just. Come a, on. It's 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 generic. Uh, it's so generic. It's, you know. What's the. Um, the fact that you can't name them tells me a lot right no, there. No, there are other really big ballad in the 80s. Um, 
Oh, gosh. There's, like, people screaming at us right now, and I can't think of it either. Started out as friendship has grown strong. Oh, I can't fight okay, this so feeling, feeling anymore. That is one of the worst songs ever written. <laughs> I'm sorry. That That is up there with... Uh, I just called to say I love you, Ooh. or or um, we built this city. Okay. Or so, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it just. I'm feeling a need for another episode <laughs> about mus- musical crimes. You know. Well, you know, we, we've been we've been talking and teasing for a while about this bogus podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, like a whole podcast dedicated to like what I like to say, what the 80s did, you know, because it's one of those things, and it's not just music, it's it's music, it's politics, it's movies, it's it's fashion, it's all the stuff, television, yeah. all the stuff where it's like, really, we thought this was a good idea? Like One word, really? neon, yeah. enough said. Spandex, oh, take whatever word you like here, you know? Parachute pants. Parachute pants, yeah. Zumas. Ugh. Jellies. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Those yes. Things, those things exactly. don't look good on anybody. Exactly. I, they're, they're a, I take I, that back. There's only one person that can pull that look mm. off. Jeff Lebowski. <laughs> I'll give, I'll, I will give the dude. That uh, he's okay. the only guy I know I will that can wear him. jellies and make it look cool. Um, high-waisted jeans. I mean, come on. And I know they're back again for some strange reason. Not just high-waisted, but high-waisted acid wash. Oh, God. I know. Ugh. No. Oy. Oy. No, it's terrible. Well, so. but the funny thing is, you know, I'm sure our parents, when they were growing up or when they got to our ages, were looking back thinking about like the bell bottoms and the the butterfly collars and all that. You other know, crap. I could I could go my entire life without ever seeing another butterfly collar. Okay, Oy. or that that awful shade of brown that the 70s loved so much. Oh, that you know? weird kind of yeah. not quite tan, not quite mocha yeah, somewhere in some between. weird, weird ass like, well, well, I know it's brown but that's all, I don't know what it is. We'll just call you know? it sepia. Yeah, Because it's, it's basically terrible, like somebody you know? took a sepia picture. It's just, But ugh. I will not hear anything bad about bell bottoms. Okay. See, <laughs> now, I'll tell you this, I have never owned a pair of bell bottoms. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I am a big fan of the boot cut jeans. I mean, I, I have been somewhere in your closet. There's a pair of Jenkos, isn't there? No, I never did Jenkos. Okay, I never did. Okay, I did. I did when I was in the mid to late '90s. I owned a couple of pair of baggies, mm-hmm. but they were never like that. Uh, it was just they, they, and they, and, and on top of it all, they weren't like two sizes too big either. They were like they actually fit my waist, mm-hmm. but they were baggy, which I liked because. See, and, and some people can pull off the baggy look. If you're a smaller person or a thinner person, mm-hmm. you can pull off the baggy look. Which I was a lot thinner back then. See, so. and, and I've always been a larger <laughs> mammal, so, you know. Right. Well, I, I get it. And especially for my height, mm-hmm. baggies don't always work. Yeah. Because it's, you it's look like just making part of a weight loss exactly. program or something, it, it you know? Makes you look like, it makes you look even shorter than you yeah. already are, you know? You look uh, like a bell. Yeah, really. Know? <laughs> and that's the whole thing. Like I And I just, the whole Jenko thing. I knew so many people who wore those things. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you would go out. And it would rain, and like oh, geez, the whole bottom, the whole bottom were just soaked. soaked. Yeah, you know, it's like, soaked and muddy. I and had ripped to pieces from where people walk on I them. I think the last pair of of baggy jeans that I own wound up in a trash can in um, New Orleans somewhere <laughs> in early two thousand one, if I'm not mistaken. Just we, gave up on them. We were there. Um, I, I took them with me to Mardi Gras. Mm, oh, job. And believe me, by the time that weekend was over, mm-hmm. or by the time, you know, fat, or, uh, 
Ash Wednesday rolled around, mm-hmm. those things were not coming back home with me. Oh, I can't that figure. Just <laughs> I've, I've only seen something like that happen one other time in my life. I, I'll, I'll never forget this. My 21st birthday mm-hmm. was in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. Beale Street. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of my, my best friends, uh, Dave Pendragon. So you were walking in Memphis. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> well, Dave and I went to, to Beale and uh, because Walking we with were going to... ten feet away. All right. Well... We were going to go see a show okay. at the Omni New Daisy. This is back when they had shows at the Omni New Daisy. All right. The opening act was the Electric Hellfire Club. I've seen them in concert before. The yes. headliner was Guar. I bet that's the same. I can't remember who opened. I can't remember who Electric Hellfire Club opened for, but mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if it wasn't Guar. That was like this is 96, back, 97. Uh, 21st would have been, you're going to make me do math, damn you, would have been 98. That might have worked too. Yeah. Uh, uh, 98, 99, something like that. But um, yeah, because I was I was still going to shows back then. Yeah, you know, so three twenty eight. So yeah, exactly. Like, well, the fun- yeah, you know what? I, actually, I think it was ninety. I could, I could go pull. I could tell you what it was <laughs> yeah, later. Going to go get the book. Later, I go get, get the, the book. book and we can figure it out. But uh, I'll never forget this as long as I live. I'm waiting in line, and I had never been to a Gore show before, but I knew I knew oh, yeah. what to expect. Oh, yeah. There was a guy that was in front of me, and this was back when Tommy Hilfiger was like. The the the, the end all be all. So Tommy he's in a Tommy Hilfiger. Um, he had no clue. What he was uh, getting uh, into. Collared <laughs> shirt. White. For those of you that re- white. For those of you that don't shirt. remember Tommy Hilfiger or don't remember how much Tommy Hilfiger cost, mm-hmm. that was not a cheap shirt. No, it wasn't. By, and, and by nineteen by nineteen ninety eight standards, and I know this because I worked at a department store yep. that that sold that stuff. That shirt was probably sixty, seventy dollars in nineties money, right? Know? Yeah. So the funny thing is, you know, we're waiting in line, and he's in front of me, and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm thinking, you have no idea Mm-mm. what you're Mm-mm. in store for, no clue. He's hanging with his buddies. We get in there, the pit starts, mm. and I swear to you, I was smart. I wore a black T-shirt, yes, and I distinctly remember after the show was over, taking that T-shirt off, going out to the side of the the of Omni New Daisy and wringing it out out. in the street (laughs) and watching the rainbow of colors that came out of my shirt. Yes. And then I saw a boy come out in that Tommy Hilfiger and it looked like he had been hit with every color in the rainbow Mm -hmm. and a few that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And he was beautiful. (laughs) He was so pissed. He looked like like a Jackson Pollock painting. Oh my God. (laughs) Looks like a Jackson Pollock painting that'd been left out in the rain. But he was so pissed, and I was just like, "What did you expect? Honestly, mm-hmm. did you not do your homework? I mean, come on! Obviously not. Or, or, or his friends knew and didn't tell. And him. yeah, I just left him out like, to dry, yeah, so yeah, to speak. Right, you know. But yeah, I will never forget that as long as I live. Seeing that cat walk out of there and just rainbow colored. Oh yeah, like, dude. Great. This okay. So this would have been the show right after um, Jacques Cousteau had passed away. Okay. Because that was their opening bit, was they drug out, um, Odorous Arungus actually mm-hmm. drug out a... Um, R.I.P. Yes, <laughs> R.I.P. Dave Brocky. Um, a cutout of the Calypso. Oh, nice. <laughs> with someone mocked up as uh, uh, Jacques Cousteau on it with a fake head on top of it. Yeah. Then Otis comes out on stage with this big-ass sword over his shoulder and literally lobs the head right off nice. of it as it squirts everything out oh, in yeah. the audience. Oh, it was crazy, oh, yeah. man. It was awesome. Guar, yeah. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. Loved it. They, they they don't I saw Guar 
few years ago. It was one of the last years that the Warp Tour was actually touring. You know, that, okay. you know they still do like they. I think they do like three concerts during right. the summer now. I think it's like L.A., Chicago, and New York, or something like, or some whatever. But mm-hmm. they're not touring like right. they, like they used to. Uh, Rob was yep. in town with them, you know. Oh, I think it, I remember this show. Yeah, and I was, uh, and um, but Guar was playing, yeah. and like they were playing right as the sun was going down, mm-hmm. and I had to walk past them to get out Ooh. of where we were to get back over to the. Ooh. And it was one of those things where I was like, I think I'm far enough away to where I'm not going to get hit with out of anything. the blast radius. Yeah, but it was, but it was very close because I did wind up getting some of whatever it was they were shooting out of those cannons on my Who shoes. Knows what all that? Yeah, and I was, was. like, ah, whatever, it's Guar, you know. <laughs> Kids were still enjoying it, you know. Of course, you know that this is with the new singer, you know, and everything. I think they've gone through a big lineup change over the years. They anyway. have, but I mean, I mean that's I don't think that band was, was ever designed to stay. No, stagnant, I mean that that's. Know? Because I know what's her name, Sly Minster hasn't been with them for no, she years. Hasn't. They have actually, somebody new now. When I a, saw them, she was, she was with, with them. them then and when I saw them, yeah. That woman has an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. To hear her sing solo I know, she stuff, was crooning. she was incredible. I mean, she was straight up crooning. Yeah. It was like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Why, th- this is not what I was expecting at all. You no, know? A, I mean, she was incredible with yeah. her vocals. But yeah, it was it was just one of those shows that you know, and the irony is I was, <laughs> so we went down on July. My birthday is July sixth. Okay, and we'd gone down. Uh, believe it was July the night of July fourth because we were watching the fireworks go off and right. everything. And we were down and we were just kind of hanging out and you know passed out early on July fifth and woke up the next morning and looked and I was so angry because. We had missed the opportunity to see a band that I loved oh. called Dread Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They played July 5th. And I was like, I was just cussing up a storm. I was like, damn it, we missed this show. I can't believe we missed it. Blah, 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 blah. And then Dave looks at me and goes, look who's playing tonight, though. I was like, oh, yeah, we're down. <laughs> we're so down. Right. We're in. Absolutely. So, yeah. I've never seen Dread Zeppelin. Oh. They, uh, they're, they have, they found such a unique niche oh, yeah. of like, Hey, we're gonna do Led Zeppelin songs with an Elvis impersonator and in a gonna, reggae style. In a reggae style, which is like okay, but it worked. <laughs> it did. It worked. That's the thing that threw me is that it was like you know the first time I heard, it, I think I heard the their version of the Immigrant Song. Yes, and I was like, this is incredible. Yes, yes. you know, you have my passion for cover songs, and then you have this weird amalgam of different styles and different sounds and it's like i don't know what in the world i am listening to but i am in love did uh hold on right here there was and i I think it's called the last resort it's a Corey feldman movie from the early oh yes 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 and they play at the very end of it yeah i mean it's uh hold on i'm looking it up here Again, one of those things that I caught like on HBO, like in the Late middle of night, the no, actually in the middle of the day. Oh well, like, that makes sense you know, too. Because it's there's nothing to that that movie. It's not like some of the, yeah, Last Resort. And it's an, it's an I remember that. I forgot yeah. that they had actually played in. Yeah, a and movie, they yeah. they were like as the credits were rolling, like they were playing, you know, at, at the band on stage, you know, and and it's like okay, that's pretty cool. And the that's fact a, that their lead singer's name is Tortelvis just makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is about, but I am so happy to be witnessing. I it. just. Yesterday, finished. I won't say reading, listening to an mm-hmm. audio book, uh, a new book. It was just released this year called "The '90s." It's by Chuck Klosterman. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's his his new book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it um, I always liked 
Chuck Klosterman stuff. I don't know if you've read Sex Drug um, Cocoa Puffs or, uh, or uh, I haven't read them, but I've yeah. I mean, know. he he's he's written a bunch of stuff. You yeah. know that's uh, um, uh, you know see he's he's he was a reporter for uh, I think he wrote for Rolling Stone yeah, a little I bit. I think everybody wrote he's for he's, Rolling Stone he's at written some point for a bunch time. of stuff. He's written a bunch of books. I mean, they're all like and they're all kind of like opinion stuff. You know, right. it's like observational type. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's it can be funny, but there's a lot of seriousness to what he's writing. You know, and it's a lot of it is just like. Again, they're they're kind of just like op-ed stuff, you know. Uh, and this one was kind of cool because he didn't do like most books about a, a decade or a time period will do, where they'll kind of start at the beginning, right, and then end up at, at the kind of work their way through the year. Yeah, he yeah. kind of talked. They start the book starts off talking about like how decade how decades have never really started on the first day of the calendar of that okay. of that decade. Right. Yeah, and he went back through talking about how like, you know, the the nineteen fifties really started in like nineteen forty six. You know, <laughs> okay. it, I can that see whole that. you know, yeah. basically that whole baby boom, that, that right. post war era, you know, type where and and went until about nineteen sixty three. Yeah. And then the sixties lasted until until like nineteen seventy two. You know, like it was like it was kind of one of those things like we're sixty, like what we know of the sixties started in like sixty four and went to like right. seventy two, and then how, what we think of as the seventies actually started at, at Altamont and went until okay, like you know and went until like nineteen eighty one, you yeah. know, and and that kind. Of, but talk about how like in nineteen ninety, or or like how the nineties didn't start until ninety one, like late ninety one, and, and he. Mm. Basically says it was Nirvana that that kickstarted the nineties, yeah. which really I mean, and truly, if, especially if we go back and you look at like what was popular on the charts or the type of movies that were coming out in those first couple of years of the nineties, they were that very eighties, yeah. and the and, and the and the fashions were still very nineteen eighties, oh, yeah. and you know, and all this kind of stuff, and then grunge hit. And Nirvana that, hit that and, changed and everything. everything changed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just you know, and I was like, okay, that's cool. And then he said that the nineties essentially ended on September eleventh. And I'm like, I, I get that because if you think back to the year 2000, it was just an extension of what we've been what we had been yeah. going through, you know. Yeah, I and that, that was and that's of course the whole world changed. But he also he posits at the end of the book, right, that that was the end of decades because everything from 2001 till now has just kind of been one long slog. Mm, I could see that argument. Yeah, made and, and I'm like, I know, and I and the thing is, I hadn't really thought about it. You know, in that way, up until then, I was like, no, he's actually kind of right. Because if I think back to 2004 or five or whatever that kind of stuff, right. it doesn't seem any different. You know, technology's changed a little bit, you know, or, or, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's like, it really just kind of seems the same. Right now, know? there's a group of millennials that are screaming at us about how care. foolish we are I about that. But, That's you know, the. <laughs> and and I, I, I can see your point on Are that. we taking millennials seriously these well, days? I mean, know, come right. on. It's, or, Gen, or Gen Z. Just or remember, whatever. these are the people that are going to take care of you in a couple no, of years. No, they're not. <laughs> or they're going to be paid to, whether yeah, they no, do they're or not. No, they're not. It's a story. <laughs> but no, I, I can see that argument. I mean, it's definitely one of those ones that, you know. When you look at it, it's easy to kind of blend everything in from like 2004, 2005, I'd say, all the way up into the the teens and even into right. to modern day. You know, it's well. Let's put it this way: Tell me that Britney Spears is any different than Billie Eilish. Uh, I could see that argument being made, but I also see that there has or Ariana Grande or any well, number no, Ariana of, Grande is a different, a little bit different tell, of an animal. Tell so. me that um, 
Okay. When you get into hip hop, that might change a little bit because yeah. this whole mumble rap thing that's been yeah, around not for a, a decade now, I can't stand. And I'll be honest, I can't tell you that Drake sounds like, you know, uh, well, uh, who was big in the mid 2000s. I mean, I because I, a lot of it was still the same people. It was still Eminem and Jay Z and and. Yeah. And uh, you know, fifty or fifty cent. You know, he's yeah. probably like the, the the biggest name that came out of that, that early two thousands. Yeah. Or him and Ja Rule. You know, which Ja, ja Rule had actually been there around for a little yeah. bit, but he really hit during that those those early two thousands. And it's one of those things where it's like, no, I don't see a straight line from them to you know, Drake, Drake, or Kendrick Lamar, or any of the other people that are well, in that category now. I do so, think that it's developed, and, and and I'll give Drake and Kendrick Lamar and a few others their 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 due on this because it does seem like they're kind of defining their own era their own sound of that fine. era and that's fine it doesn't necessarily mean i have to like it exactly. but it's, it's it's not for us no I mean, absolutely it's yeah. definitely not for us and i'm I've definitely it's funny because everything we just talked about yeah. is not for us yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know? but i mean even talking about like billy eilish you know I, do i personally care for a lot of billy eilish's music no, not yeah. really, but... I she mean, was just the first one that came off the top no, of my head. No, I, I see. Mean, it's like, you know... But, I mean, it's like, you can... The thing is, is that you can go back to, like, a Britney Spears mm-hmm. or, you know, or Jessica Simpson or somebody like that from the early right. 2000s. Christina uh, Aguilera. I, uh, she's yeah. an actual singer, though. There's the difference between the two of them. <laughs> wow. The three of them. Shots uh, fired no, by it's Alan. true. Yeah. But, you know, you can take... Those two, or any number, or Mandy Moore, any yeah, number yeah. of those okay. bubblegum, you know, Willa Ford, or any of those that were out during that right. time period, and draw a straight line mm-hmm. to Katy Perry and Kesha, and you know, which I like both of them, but there's no difference between the two, or Miley Cyrus, or any number of that type of stuff. Billie Eilish is a little different. I'll give her that. That's just, right. but Ariana Grande, right along that same line. See, I mean, but I think it's you have you're always going to have that that standard. I mean, if you go back and look in the history of pop music, just in general, you're going to have Madonna's different than them. Well, you but know, if that's... you're going to throw Madonna in, then I would throw out like Lady Gaga because okay. she's definitely kind of she is the you know the not millenni- really teen pop, but well, I was going to say the millennials it. Madonna. Yeah, I know because mm-hmm. it's she's trying different. Stuff. I always argued mm-hmm. that she might have actually been the millennials Marilyn Manson, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd give Marilyn Manson just because of her now gravitating towards know, a lot of like know, the Tony Bennett stuff, and but she's you know, immensely more talented. Oh yeah, honestly. oh yeah, no doubt about it, and less of a shitty human being. But that's a different story. Um, it always goes back to if I stop listening to shitty people make who make good music, I won't have any music. <laughs> listen to so it's a but uh, but no i mean if you think about it you know what we remember of these eras is the outliers they're the they're the weirdos they're the ones that define their own sound mm-hmm. you have pop you have new wave you have grunge, right, right you right. have punk you have all of these types of outliers i think the disadvantage that a lot of millennials have nowadays is that everything is kind of crossed over so much and blended so much that you There's don't really that, get that no. kind of defining what sound. is what is the what is that um is it mac miller is that the guy's name no it's not mac miller it's uh the 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 swedish guys that wrote everything oh max something another oh yeah max uh, moon or something. Uh, max um uh, you know who i'm talking yeah about. i know it's exactly two guys uh, but it's one of those things that if you go back through... Wrote back, like Ace of Base. And, yeah, uh, if you go back into the mid-90s yep. and come all the way through mm-hmm. until recently, because it's still, you know, making... Or I, actually, one of those dudes died, didn't it? Didn't Max die, I think. I can't like remember. That. I can't remember. I have... I have. I paid. But if you listen to all the stuff that they are responsible for, mm-hmm. 
all fucking sounds the same. Well, yeah, because... And I mean, like, even to the point to where I remember a few years ago reading an article. Mm-hmm. No, actually, it wasn't even a music article. It, I think it was in Wired, where there, it was it was a, a, it was a, a technology, right. you know, public air, you know, uh, blog or a magazine or something that was writing about this stuff. Talking about how these guys would literally listen to the radio to see what was popular. Mm -hmm. And then the first thing they would do is that they would make something that sounded very similar. Yeah, it's formulaic. Yeah, that was what was on there. They would change it up enough to where it wasn't, you know, whatever. And then it was one of those things that they would go to whatever company and say, okay, we have this music that's ready to go, this beat, this, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Who do you have that's ready to go? And they're like, well, you know, Beyonce or this or that or whatever. And I was, okay, fine. Do they want to write lyrics or do they want us to write the lyrics? Right. And then and then they would go from there. And it was very, very formulated. You know, it's I even just a few years ago, like I think it was two or three years ago, somebody talking about how like, you know, if you look on a like and Beyonce, mm-hmm. if you look on one of her like the 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 credits on any song, not an album, but a song, yeah. there will be fifteen people on there. Yeah. And what they do it's by committee. They will literally rent like a chateau yeah. for a week. And everybody will go in and they'll all go in the different room and they'll work on, you know, they'll all work on whatever. And basically she'll at the end of it say, Oh, I like that part. I like that part. I like that part. I like mm-hmm. that part. And basically, rather than writing it's music, piecemealing. it's 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 a it's it's a it's a it's a mashup. Yeah. It's all it is. Which, it's it's just, I mean, you know, and I'm like Look, it's a different style of writing. It's a different it's a way different style of writing yeah. than what I've ever been used yeah, to. I mean, whatsoever, you not know good I mean? or bad, it's just different. And I mean, I, also you got to remember you come at it from the angle of a musician, mm-hmm. of a songwriter. Mm-hmm. I come at it from the angle of a musician. You know, we're looking at it thinking, okay, you know, <clears throat> this ain't Lennon and McCartney, you know no. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. This this know. this is not I'll write the music, you write the words, right. and we're just going to meld them together. It doesn't work like that there, anymore. There there's you know and, and you know like like if you ever look at like a U2 album, mm-hmm. okay? And if you look at the liner notes, it's always about well, U2. Well, no, but the US. reason I go to I go to this one in particular cuz if you look at the liner notes, right. And it'll say something to the, to the degree of music by U2, yep. lyrics by Bono. Yep. You know is what it'll say. A lot or of bands you know that. or you know Nine Inch Nails. Famously, you would look on the inside cover and it would say, Trent Reznor is Nine Inch Nails. Yep. You know, and it's like, which part of the reason that Richard uh, Patrick wound up leaving Nine Inch Nails early in the 90s and forming Filter is because of, he's like, no, dude, I created that guitar sound. Yeah. That This is bullshit. <laughs> you know? Well, and I mean, it, but if you go back to it, I mean, you look, there's a, a very famous meme that's going around where it talks about showing the, uh, the, the, the house band for Prince's, um, uh, uh, Paisley Park, mm-hmm. and it says, you know, it's got a picture, and it says, here's the uh, the vocalist, the guitarist, the drummer, oh yeah, the uh, the producer, the songwriter, and everything, and it's just Prince sitting there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's a different era now. I mean, you do get a lot of stuff that's done by committee, and is it better or worse? Depends on who you ask. Right. I mean, you know, if you got to remember. As much as we love to shit on modern music, there was a lot of crap that you and I listened to oh, growing I, up that was absolute dude, garbage. There's stuff I've listened to as an adult that I admit. I, I have I, I am the only one of the three of us who will sit here yep. and openly say, No, I listen to some shit music. Oh, no, okay. I fully, I, mean, admit, <laughs> I fully admit that I, and I don't even to some and I don't even and I don't even like shy away from it. I'm like, no. Yeah. I love Kesha. 
I love Kesha's music. Okay, I, I absolutely was do. Different. She's and, got an and it's one sound. of those things that she yeah. is. She's she was very different than what you had because it was that whole, especially when that first album came out. Right. That it was like, wow, this is a twenty-something-year-old woman who's like, fuck it, I'm gonna be the party queen. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not gonna apologize for it. I'm not going to do anything whatsoever. And it's just like, okay, I'm digging this. I am I am down with this. This is awesome. And I have to and admit, there's there's not many artists that the Simpsons of all people mm-hmm. would invite them to use or to to ask to use one of their songs to replace their opening theme. Right. I, I honestly I can't think of another artist that's done that, but they use TikTok. Mm-hmm. Or um, Yeah, TikTok. Yeah. Don't they use stop, make it fun. Yeah. Just the, the whole scene of the opening sequence was right. using, you know, as if Lisa Simpson was voicing that. And I'll never right. forget watching that, just going, what in the world am I watching? But this is amazing. I yeah, love it. I know. And it's like and you know, again, going back to my, I'm, if if my computer's sitting right back here, if we mm-hmm. opened up my iTunes, oh yeah, and went in there and started going through it, I know that your jaw would just be like, I cannot believe you have this on here, dude. I cannot believe you have, dude. This if you on jumped here. on my <laughs> Spotify, you'd see the same thing. So don't even worry about it. Don't so, even yeah, worry it's about a, it. I, uh, you know, because I've gotten, you know, I got out of vinyl. I've talked about it on the show several times. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with vinyl. I'm done mm-hmm. with vinyl, and now I'm like back in it, like thousand percent even more than i was before well but i think that's a good thing a couple weeks ago Mm -mm. what'd you find paul abdul's forever your girl album that i was like do i need this in my life (laughs) like do i need this in my life i ultimately wound up passing on it Mm -hmm. but Talk about a time and a place. Oh yeah, you know. Of, and, and again, I think there's like I think I, we and we tweeted a whole episode about you know albums that spawned you know like four, five, or six. Yeah, that thing had like six singles on. Well, and it, it didn't go away. No, it, it kept. You know? st- it did. It so it came out in 1980 uh, at the very end of 1988. Yeah, and it was 89 was when it really blew up. Those songs were still being played well into the 90s. Oh, easily. I mean, Cold easily. Hearted was still being played on MTV in 91, 92. Like, when I was graduating high school, it was still on. Basically, that album came out yep. when I was a sophomore in high school and stayed until I was a freshman in college. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it, man, because, I mean, and, and there's something to be said for the longevity of it. I mean, but if you look at it, you know, you had other albums that would do that kind of stuff, too. But that's one of those ones that you're like, okay, Here's my question with something like that. Is it that the record companies are just trying to wring this as much out as they possibly can mm-hmm. and try to get everything out of it because they don't know if this artist is going to have anything left? Or is it the artist saying, no, this is all my best stuff and I'm going to get it out here? You it's kind of weird because like, like when you, for those of you, <clears throat> nobody else knows this because you weren't here, but when Barry came in, I was listening to Huey Lewis's sports, sports. album. Love it. And I love that you're doing the... Uh, the sports, uh, the um, what's his name? That's a shout out to our boy Ward. Yeah, but what's his name does that? Uh, used to be, he was the uh, drummer for Black Crows. He has his own Steve uh, Steve Gorman. Steve Gorman. Okay, Steve yeah. Gorman Sports. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that album has mm-hmm. got five singles. Yeah, it was on there. Okay, and then you go to the next album, which was four. four and I think it had it had four. I think it either had, it had four or five. Four, I can't remember, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, 
I picked up Brian Adams' Reckless the other day. That's oh, got, great album. That's got six singles on there. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like, oh, there's like, no, no, no. There were six songs on this album Cuts that like were released. Cuts Like a Knife, Run to You. No, no. Uh, Cuts Like a Knife was on Cuts Like a Knife. Okay. Uh, no, but it's got yeah. Summer of 69. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, One Night Love Affair. Um, uh, Run to You is on mm-hmm. here. Uh, Heaven. Uh, it's Only Love, the duet with uh, Tina, Tina Turner, Turner, which is yeah. one of the best rock Oh, it's great. Ever. It's great. Um, and then I forget what the other one is. Oh, Somebody. I, oh, I yeah. need yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's six songs. And then there's another song there called Kids Want to Rock. Mm-hmm. That if that you ever he, see him in concert, was, a single was it released as a single? Yep. Because the thing is, if you ever go to a concert, he will do that song. Yeah. So it's, it's a great song. Yeah, I know. And it is a great song. But, you know, not only that, but there there are, there are album, multiple albums like that, yeah. especially if you go back through the 80s and, and start looking. Because all the Michael Jackson stuff, all the Janet Jackson stuff, right. you know I mean, it's just like it's just like one after another, after another, after another. And it's like, okay, this is awesome. Um, you don't get that so much now. Well, and I, I have to wonder if that's just because they're trying to, you know... It, and then also with like what I said with, with yeah. Brian Adams, you go to like the next album after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had like three or four singles on it. You yeah. know, it was on down until until he lost momentum. You know, right. in the very early nineties. But even that album, you know, with waking up the neighbors, mm-hmm. they still they had were, some great. They released songs like on it. Yeah. five songs off of that as singles. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, I mean, you can make that argument. There are several. I mean, you, every now and then you'll get like a Beyonce that you know produces. Six or seven songs, right. or singles off of one album. But it, I will agree with you that it's Lady Gaga is the last one I remember doing that. Gaga's done it a couple you know? of times, and you'll have like you know some of the newer acts. Uh, what's the 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 Japanese? Uh, oh, uh, BTS. BTS. Yeah. I mean, you know, say what you want. And I don't it's, know any of their stuff. It's it's no boy clue. band stuff. Yeah. It's the same stuff that we've been hearing. For and, years, and don't so. get me wrong. Again, because there's NSYNC, a market for it. Sync yeah. and Backstreet both yeah. had albums that, that had like six, five, six singles. You know, I'll that, give you one name. Yeah. New Kids on the Block. Absolutely. Menudo. Uh, I mean, all of these, you know, every one of these boy bands actually produced a name ton of, of Name stuff. a Menudo song. I mean, come on. Cannonball. I don't even know that song. Oh, <laughs> just because it was used in the movie Cannonball Run 2. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> I don't know. And that's the whole thing. I knew the name Menudo yep. more than I knew Menudo. Yep. You know, that was, that was always well, that Well, I one. think it was one of those things that they... That was kind of the precursor to a lot of the boy band stuff. I mean, oh, absolutely! Yeah, know, that was. I've heard people make the argument that the Beatles were a boy band. I don't know if I necessarily. Agree I readily, with that, but well, I will talk about my favorite Beatles being boy band Beatles. You know, like Hard Day's Night and you know stuff like but that. But my argument know, on this like, would be this mm-hmm. because they had the archetypes, how, all of them. Okay, okay, but how many songs did the New Kids on the Block members actually write? Oh, none of them. I know. How many did a, Menudo actually write? None of them. I know. And the no. Beatles wrote exactly. Old, I mean, they were a self-contained theirs, unit right. at that for the most point, part. So. I mean, they had other they they had other they writers. Other Especially if you go back and you look at those early albums. Well, yeah, because there was a lot of just covers. On oh yeah, other stuff. What's well, yeah. like you know, I, right there in my record. I got my, I have my dad's Beatles yeah. albums. I've got Hard Days Night and and Six and uh, well, Early Beatles and Abbey Road. Yeah, know, which again, Abbey Road is outside of that other stuff. Right, like all the stuff that I have is early like my, my dad was a big fan of theirs that early stuff mm-hmm. you know and not necessarily when they got into the the later even though he does have abbey road but it's they had that archetype of oh they've got the cute, the cute one, one the quiet they, the one, quiet one. one. they've the got the silly, silly silly one they've got the artist you yep. know it's like you know you know or the dangerous one you yep. know, or whatever it is you know and it's like yeah though that carried through 
let's be honest, the Jackson Five were quite literally a boy band. Yeah. You know, I mean, because they were all kids for the True. most part. And they you know? didn't really write any of their stuff. No, they, they did. They had a whole bunch of other writers. But man, again, go down the line of all the hits they had, you know. True. And, it's a, and you could do that with a whole bunch of, you know, it's. Right. I, I just, I think when, you know, people. It's funny. People get into that argument of Beatles, Rolling Stones kind of thing and whether they were boy bands and whether they, you know, fit archetypes and things like that. Did they define an archetype at the time? Possibly. Mm -hmm. I'll grant you that. But you could make that same argument about the Rolling Stones. Oh, absolutely. Make that same argument about Stones were just like the Stones were the more dangerous version. They were the bad boys. They were the ones. You know, that's what that's been always been my argument about the difference between the Beatles and the Stones. Well, is that the the Beatles came out. And even though John Lennon was a complete piece of shit, even from the very beginning, preach. Uh, as much as I love his music, John Lennon was a complete piece of shit. Preach. And it's one of those things that they came out, but they had this squeaky clean image, and they didn't get into a whole lot of trouble. Okay, the Stones pretty much from the jump scared your mom. They scared your mom, and they got arrested for drugs, yeah. and they got arrested for getting in fights. And, I mean, it was just like all this stuff happened. It was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? It's like, oh, no, no, no. Those are the cool guys I want to hang out with. It's say, like, you know, <laughs> the, the, when you think about it, the toughest song that the Beatles ever had was something like maybe, maybe Helter Skelter. You know, even their version of it is tame. Well, but by you know, you compare that you know, to something like Street Fighting Man. Oh yeah, you know, it's night. Sympathy for the devil. Sympathy for the devil. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's night like and day. You know, Jumping Jack Flash. Oh, any God. number of those you know, songs. It's, it's you know, night where and it's, day on that. You know. So, but it's and again, these are two bands that I adore, that I love, that I will Same. listen to any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, to to give you a perfect example. The infamous Amy and I actually uh, just got back from a trip to Atlanta. We went last weekend and went. Do to you the- guys are just traveling all over the place? We try, man. <laughs> you know, hey, travel bands. Hey, do what up. you We're do. Going. We're yeah, going. Do what you do. But uh, this was her her delayed birthday trip, and yeah. we went to um, the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Which, if you've never I've been, been to the Fox, yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah. It is an absolutely stunningly beautiful old theater. A lot of great concerts. Oh, recorded the there. acoustics are yeah. incredible in there. The feel is just you know, it's like you just walked into the 1930s. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just stunning. Um, and we went to go see a Beatles cover act mm-hmm. called Rain. Oh yeah, they played. They they had they started off in um, Vegas, didn't they? I think so. Yeah, that was a, uh, not. Or no, that was Love. No, wasn't it? no, you're thinking the Cirque du Soleil stuff. Okay. Yeah, Cirque du Soleil had a show called Rain, but okay, they also that's had what one it called was. Love. Okay, maybe that that's were both what it Beatles was. It, yeah. This is the band called Rain. Right. Um, and they did mock-ups, and it was you saw the transition from like the mop tops all the way up to you know. The 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 Sergeant Pepper and right, all this other right. kind of stuff, and it was kind of funny because first off, the guys that were in it did a great job. The music was really good. They got the instrumentation down right. They did the the mannerisms right, mm-hmm. and I kind of leaned over to the end of it at Amy, and she said, "Well, what do you think?" And I said, "Well, it was kind of nice to be able to uh, to see a version of John Lennon where he wasn't so much of a jerk, yeah. you know." <laughs> Exactly. It's just you, you forget how much of a complete total piece of crap I know. That guy was, and, but he made great music, you know. And we I've said it on here many times. I said it earlier in the show. If I had to stop listening yeah. to all of the creeps that make music. Yep. I literally would have to get rid of the vast majority I mean, of you know, the music I listen to. And I'm sure that there are good people that make great Absolutely. music. Absolutely. And I'm not giving any of them a pass no. whatsoever. I mean, no, no. Some, I mean, none of them whatsoever a pass because... It's just uncalled for. It's it, you know, it, it it's just it it doesn't have to be done. No, nope. whatever it is, it Agreed. doesn't have to be done. Um, and 
as much as I disagree with Will Wheaton sometimes, mm-hmm. I agree with a lot of what he, uh, stuff that he, you know he does comment on. But there's a lot of stuff that I don't okay. t- particularly agree with. But he did say something recently about that. He was talking about Michael Jackson in particular. Okay. You know, somebody asked him about, you know, should I still listen to Michael Jackson's music? Right. And he said, you know, the, at the point when that music came into your life. It was something that you didn't know about all this stuff, and, right. so, and it and it means something to you. So, no, I don't have a problem with you listening to Mike, with anybody listening to Michael Jackson, yeah. who grew up with you know, because that music was already there; it had already right. established itself, and it means something to you mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with all that terrible stuff. Yeah, that that, that's and I'm like, like, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. It's like that's watching it. a Kevin Spacey movie, yeah, though. you know, or it's, you uh, know, uh, I mean, or, or it. Again, when yeah. that whole thing came out, yeah. uh, no pun intended, uh, with <laughs> nice <laughs> with, with with his situation, yeah, that again went to the whole kind of like when the whole Michael Jackson thing, you know, which erupted, uh, erupted. I'm like, yeah, we all knew this, right? Well, we like, all suspected th- it, and we, yeah, all- but it's it's he had gone through two different trials, yeah, and I know he had not been, you know, he settled the people forget he settled that first one for a huge amount of money just to keep it quiet just to keep it quiet even though it was already out there but he just didn't want to go through all the stuff i'm like okay fine when you get to the second time you Mm kind of got to start going maybe something is here and then when everything else comes out it's like yeah we we all knew this yeah this was go back to any of those late nineties Norm McDonald when oh, he was God. hosting us or when he was hosting uh Weekend Update. It was one of his favorite targets. He yeah, OJ Simpson. Yeah, and, and he would like mm-hmm. and, and he would every time there was a Michael Jackson story, he would always end it was like it's because Michael Jackson's a homosexual pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> every time. He would say it every time and the crowd would like die laughing every time, yep. you know. Or OJ Simpson gives yep. OJ Simpson killed two people, you know. Yep. It's just like <laughs> and, and- I don't know. I, and so, just speaking of Michael, hold on so, just a second. Yep, uh, and we're back. Sorry about that. We had to. Uh, I had to let the dogs out, and uh, because and no, not that stupid yeah, song. Not that, and every time I say this, somebody's like, I, "Yeah, well, that has got to be one of the, again one of the worst songs ever written." True. You wanted to say something about Michael yes. Uh, so, the infamous Amy has a a daughter. Mm-hmm. Her name is Eleanor. Eleanor is special needs. Uh, mm-hmm. She has Down syndrome. Absolutely adores Michael Jackson music. Mm-hmm. We'll sing it at the top of her lungs. Trust me, I've heard it. Yes. We can't take a car ride for any <laughs> length of time without Michael Jackson playing and her singing right. along with it in her special way. Right. And I've had several people that when they find this out, you know, ask both Amy and I, are you going to tell her? No. And I'm like, she doesn't need why? to know. Yeah, exactly. Why would I do that? You know? I don't want to take away or taint somebody's memories, you know, just because of this. Right. You know, and it's kind of that same argument of, you know, if you go back and look at all of the, you know, as you said, so many different songs through history that were made by complete pieces of trash Mm -hmm. as human beings doesn't stop them from being great pieces of music, you know? So it's... Exactly. You know, and that... And but I do agree that you have to weigh your own options. And Absolutely, it's, not, it's every. Know. It's not, and, and it's and again, it's not a blanket. This, you know, yeah, <laughs> uh, one piece fits for everybody. You exactly. know, type thing. You know, it, it it really is a hey, wait. And it was after that that leaving Neverland right. documentary. I watched it, and I sat there, and I was, and the whole time, and this may just be my cynical. I was sitting there going, 
none of this surprises me in the slightest. You know, and 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 it was one of those things of whether or not it's true. It's still one of those things. None of this surprises me in the slightest. I will say this: Mm -hmm. someone, my my son's mother. Okay, Mm -hmm. um, huge Michael Jackson fan. Loves Prince. Loves Michael Jackson. Right. And I remember when we were together a decade ago or whatever, you know, saying something about Michael Jackson being a a pedo, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And she's like, no, he's not, you know, no, he wasn't. He was, uh, you know, he was like, he was robbed of a childhood. And, you know, he, that's the reason why, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's the reason why he acts the way he does. You right. know? So I'm like, okay, I've heard that excuse so many times, okay? Yeah. And I just kind of let it go or whatever. Then whenever the Leaving Neverland thing came out, she completely, like, completely disavowed Michael Jackson. She's like, I just can't listen to his music anymore. And all that stuff. I was like, no. Well, it's it's it, the reality. It, that, yeah, it's I mean, like, it, and and to be we honest, all knew this. This know, was not. Or we all suspected this, right. you know. And and it's kind of like A uh, and E just finished up a um, uh, Secrets of the Play of Playboy. Yeah, I saw. Some and I watched things. all of, it, and it was really interesting, you know. And I have, I'm gonna tread lightly here. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything that came out in that with people of, of them talking to the ex playmates or the mm-hmm. people that worked for Hefner or this kind of stuff, right. there was nothing that came out that surprised me in the no. slightest. I you mean, know, you know, it's there was only one thing, and I'm not going to say what it was. There was one thing that was mentioned that I was kind of like, if it happened, it wouldn't surprise me. But I just really don't. That that might be a, a bridge too far to to just fall into the oh look how terrible he was you know because not because of anything I'm like trying to justify I'm just like right. that's that whole overstepping just a little bit it may have happened right but it's so far out there that it's kind of like did it or or are we just piling on here you well, know that's and, and, uh, and it also just depends on you know which version of the stories that you hear and right, this other kind of right. stuff. And I'm not defending anybody on no. this type of stuff. Again, but, you know. Hugh Hefner, I never understood this whole worshiping worship of Hefner yeah. whatsoever. I never I was like, no, I don't want to live I never want to live that lifestyle. He, you know, it's I, just, I mean that's kinda like saying, you know, you worship Larry Flint, you know? And <laughs> Yeah, but okay, here's the difference though. Larry <laughs> Flint never once tried to hide that he was a dirtbag, okay? Fair, fair point. Fair <laughs> he point. embraced that shit and ran with it until the day it's he like, died, who, okay? Who's the, guy, who's the guy from Penthouse? Uh, oh, um, uh, Bob Guccione. Guccione, yeah. yeah, there's another one. Who, but, Guccione, like, Hefner, Hugh Hefner was all of this whole, like, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying to change society's outlook on sex, mm-hmm. which may be what he started out to begin with, who knows. But really and truly what it came down to is Hefner was trying to get laid. Yeah, is that's all, and he wanted and he wanted people to envy the fact that he was surrounded by all these beautiful women and this and that, and he really tried to cultivate this whole. Playboy is a brand. It's something you should aspire to. It's you know blah blah blah. Right. Bob it was Gu- an image. Uh, Larry Flint was like, <laughs> dude, we, we pedal smut. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> okay, to, fair point. You know, I'm not even going to try to hide this, and that's I don't still- care who. Likes it and who doesn't? I'm going to do this. What was okay. the, the the scene from the People versus Larry Flint where he's picking up an epi- uh, an issue of Playboy and he's like, "Did you you guys read Playboy, right?" Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you find the article about you know how to 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 tune up your your hi-fi? All that interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? How about the the interview with you know Gary Trudeau or whatever? Right, right. Yeah. Like, no, we watch it for, or we read it for naked women. Right. Okay. Well, let's cut out let's all just, the crap yeah, and let's just get do right all the, to that. Exactly. You know? but, <laughs> well, that's also the whole like when he had his 
you know, before he got shot, you right. know, when he was talking to Betty Ford, you know, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then when he gets shot in, like, uh, what's her name? Courtney Love's character, the woman she played. She comes back and she goes, yep, we're in the smut business again. Yep. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> but, you know, so you had that. But then you have Bob Guccione who tried to oh. straddle. It the two of those. It wasn't Betty Ford. It was Rosalind Carter. Rosalind Carter. I'm sorry. That's right. It was. That's right. I knew <laughs> it, was it was a Jimmy president's Carter's wife. Uh, it was a president's wife. Yeah. That, yeah, it was Rosalind Carter. That's right. Um, um, but then you had Bob Guccione who tried to straddle. Tried that balance you know, between he, the two and it he tried to work. go. He tried to be legit, you know, yeah. and then he also was, it was penthouse. You know, I yeah. mean, it was, it definitely was not Playboy. No, know? it's a, no. And, and again, you know, it's, it's funny because I've actually been up to like Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, where one of the old, the old Playboy mansions were, mm-hmm. or the Playboy Club, excuse me, the Playboy Club, right. where they had, I think there was what, 10 or 12 of them around the United somewhere, States or yeah. something. And they've now turned it into a, um, like a water park for kids. Nice. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> how this has changed. Oh, that's how this has changed. Yeah, I know. It's a, it, I just, you know, in the mid 2000s somewhere, yep. a friend of ours gave mm-hmm. several of us, for some strange reason, subscriptions for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I had a Playboy subscription for 12 issues. I, and I was just like they would come in, and I was I was married to my first wife at the time, you know, and I was like I, whatever, you know, it, which you know she was a photographer and you know marketing, yeah. so it wasn't like the nudity didn't bother her in the slightest, right. you know, and it was also one of those things I was it would come in, and I would literally like look at it, and no joke, mm-hmm. flip to the table of content and see what the articles were in it that month and yeah. i wound up reading the articles more than i ever well, looked at because they had dude they had like award-winning authors oh for one thing stephen king used to write i know one, and just know? you know uh, what's his name um oh what's his name the, the, the like the real like the the famous conservative uh um, G. Gordon Liddy? No, oh. uh, that him and Gordon Vidal just did not. They were they were friends, but they oh, but they were always debating each other. You know, you yeah. know, I'm talking yeah. about. Um, but he wrote for them for yeah. the longest time. Oh, what is that guy's name? It's going to kill me. Uh, but yeah, but it, just like yeah, you have this very conservative mm-hmm. pundit who is writing articles for Playboy. You know, it's a and and I'm not again. I don't. I carry way about Playboy. You know? I mean, it's one of those things that yeah, we all looked at Playboy when we were young because we could get a hold of them. Yeah, you know, we usually had a, it was easier access you know, than anything else. Than anything yeah. else, unless you had woods around your house. And for some reason, I don't know. Understand that? I've never I don't. I don't understand that. that. But it happened. There's always it been, always happened. And they always stashed it them in the woods. And it doesn't matter where you go. It's usually under a log yes. somewhere or under a piece of bark somewhere yes, or something. By and it's the time when, you find them, they're always rained right? on and they're ripped and to pieces and all. Kind I know, but it's but it, it never failed. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It never, and it didn't matter because you hear people talk about that, especially around our age, mm-hmm. who lived all over the place. Who are like, oh yeah, we found this, this huge stash somewhere in, in the, the woods. desert. I know, fun, you know. <laughs> and you know, right now, wherever Dave is, when he's hearing this, he's going. Mm-hmm. Dear God, did they just spend twenty minutes talking about Playboy? <laughs> I know, and, and all Hustler that stuff. It's like, and, yes, you know. it's because it's all the stuff Dave won't talk about. See what you know? happens <laughs> when you're not here, Dave. <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just obviously 
now that we're uh, 50 minutes into this thing, yes. uh, you, you guys have probably figured out that we don't really have a topic this time. Uh, <laughs> one thing that we're we just, do... I think we're just going to call this one Old Guys Bitching. Yeah, so, why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's. I was completely thinking of that earlier. It's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're two 40-somethings who are yeah. you know complaining about kids these days. Yeah. Get off my lawn! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's Matt Lock damn, on. You yeah. know. <laughs> your damn kids and your damn loud, loud rock and roll music, you know, it's... A <laughs> you and your Drake and your Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Lady Gaga. Jeez. <laughs> and it was funny to say that. We're still like 10 years behind the yeah, curve. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're still like, <laughs> it's like, that's your frame of reference, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it is what it is. Hey, you know, it's, you know. Uh, uh, something that we are before we get out of here, we're gonna we're gonna plug this episode because it's, it's coming new. up. It's coming up shortly. We still don't know when because there are schedules and and there have been illnesses and there have a lot been, of ins, a lot of outs. Yeah, there, there's been. Use. But we are working with uh, our friends at uh, Gen X Grown Up. Yes, as well as the other. Alan and Dave. <laughs> they don't have they a don't Barry. have a Barry yet. We, maybe when we talk to him, we can. Hey, do you got a friend named Barry? You should bring nope, him on the show. Nope, it's like nope, that I way we have. One. And it would be great if his name was spelled like no. If they got a girl and her name was B E R R, we might no, Barry no, like this. Never, <laughs> never, never. <laughs> and then and then uh, Lily and Hannah from uh, Society owes me a, a Gen X podcast from across the pond. Yes, and uh, we have put together a bracket of movies. That we are calling the greatest, the greatest movie about Gen X tournament challenge. Yes. I know that's a lot to to get out there, and believe me, it's gone back and forth through many iterations and names, and everything. We have all four of our brackets done now. Mm-hmm. Now, right. basically, what it comes down to is that we have to all figure out time zones and who is available and who's this and that to where we can debate. All the way down to a champion in this thing but because we want to bring everybody together for it. Because you are listeners of Project Gen X, you're going to get a little sneak peek on it. You're going to get a little trailer, if kind you will. Kind of, yes. So we're definitely going to, I'm going to drop a trailer in uh, at the very end of this episode. A teaser, yeah. if you will. Um, and, and believe me, you'll hear it again when we drop our episode because it will be <laughs> the intro to it as well. Uh, but it's something that I, that I put together for everybody. Uh, we want to encourage everyone to listen to all the episodes across yes. all of them. I mean, go and listen. I mean, it's, we will put links in everything to where you can go and listen to them, uh, you know, and, and go and listen to their shows. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Absolutely. that's, it's, it's one of those things that we, like I said, we're, you know, I, Dave and I actually know the guys in Gen X, uh, Gen X grown up. Like, yeah. We've met them. We've corresponded with them for two years now, almost, yeah. you know, I'm the new and, guy to the party. So yeah. I haven't had the pleasure. And it's yet. one of those things that, <laughs> You should go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I don't know if they're going to be there this year or not. I know they were, they were last year, and they generally go. But um, every year in Atlanta, there is the um, Southern Fried Gaming Expo. I remember you guys talking about. Yeah, this. we went to it last yeah. year. Obviously, in 2020, it didn't it didn't happen. You know, right. I went to the very first one. Like, yeah, almost 10 years ago, um, and uh, that I been to a handful of them over there. I haven't been to I, actually. Let's see. Last year was eight because they I think I have the thing I have the, the, the t-shirt, t-shirt for you yeah. know whatever now but it's um I've been to a handful of them it's always fun because it is it's people 
bring all the the, the uh, arcade games and stuff, and you nice. can play arcade and video games and that kind of stuff. Basically, you pay one fee, you go in, everything's set to free. They have panels, they have you know, they have different people like vendors, and every, it, it's a cool little. It's a convention. It's it's yeah. a, it's a it's a arcade yeah. convention is what it is, and. Uh, uh, they were there last year, so we actually got to like see them in person and talk to them some. You know, Very and cool. we kind of heckled them a little bit on their on their panel because that's what we do. Well, but it's, <laughs> I would expect nothing less. I mean, shoot. Uh, but yeah, so but uh, yeah, if we're gonna go down this year, if they're gonna be there, you got to go with us. And I'm down. It, yeah, it's, and it's one of those things that it's an all weekend thing. But generally, what I've always done is I've just gotten up really early in the morning and mm-hmm. taken off and drove down there and then drove back that night because Atlanta's like. <laughs> Three and a half, four hour drive. You know, it's not that. Yes, big a deal. but you're down there. You have to go to the vortex. You have to go to the varsity. You have to. Now you really do. Oh Just yes. <laughs> matter of oh, fact. Yes. Matter of fact, the hotel that this is in is not even in Atlanta proper. It's Where is it in? in? Uh, I cannot tell you off the top yeah. of my head. It's it's in one of the suburbs. Like you never actually get into it. You know me. Uh, I'll find some place to go curling or. Something. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those guys are really cool, and we've gotten to know, uh, or I guess I've gotten to know uh, the other Alan and Dave over the last month or so. Nice. They jumped on immediately, like, yes, 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 we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. Yeah, like, okay, <laughs> hey, 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 guys, chill. <laughs> uh, and then Lily and Hannah, you know, we've I have talked to them quite a bit through. Uh, Instagram and, and and email and smoke uh, signals yeah something semaphore. like that you know yeah. just kind of try like so how many hours ahead of us are you you know <laughs> it's like six okay well we can work that out that's that's easy because if if we all come in you know, in a morning time it'll be early evening for them you yeah. know for you know that kind of stuff so we're really looking forward to it and I encourage you to go listen to all of Yes, unlike some other podcasts, we encourage you to go listen to it. Yes, absolutely. Dude, I am not one of those people who are like, oh, don't talk about other podcasts. What's the the Taz show? Don't be plugging other podcasts. Yeah, well, I have heard that on on so many shows. Mm -hmm. I used to, my old podcast that I was on for years, um, the guy that that headed that up would get mad whenever I'd start talking about other podcasts. I'm like, dude, seriously. It's like, that's what... Us, that's not taking anything away from us whatsoever. Nope. I mean that that all that all that's doing is potentially bringing in, you know someone else into the fold. You know of like oh we heard well, this over they, here and they this put out a great end. product. Exactly, you know, these guys do a great exactly. job on what they do. So why not acknowledge exactly? It? And I'm all for, and hopefully and, they'll do the same yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's one of those things. Like I like I told all of you know everybody that, I, that I've spoken to from the other podcast I'm like yep. hey as Gen Xers we know nobody else is looking out for us so this we gotta stick truth. together this it's the truth <laughs> we form a speaking tribe speaking of which and I will say this and, and I don't I don't I, I think you have listened to some of Gen X grown up. I don't know if I've you listened to a little bit of all three of the other ones. You know, they do a uh, they'll do like an episode where they kind of review stuff, you know, or whatever their picks are for this, you know, right. whatever they're whatever they're they're into this week or this you know, at the moment or whatever. Yeah. And then they do what they call backtracks, which they'll take they'll grab an ep- like a, a specific topic and you know mm-hmm. this last backtrack. Let me get the name of it so I, so I can tell you exactly. Uh-oh. But no, it is so great. Because I was like, oh no, I'm right there with you, and I guarantee everybody <laughs> in our generation is right there with it. Uh, it was called, um, and of course, I don't have it right here. Where are you? There we are. Yeah, we're not working from the fly here at all. It was Gen X childhood autonomy. Oh, and you know oh, exactly oh. what they're talking about. That's because deep. these guys, like, they're all in Florida. Yeah. Okay? And they were telling one of them. One of them, I think, is originally from Georgia, and another guy. And I'll say, I think Mo grew up in New York, and right. John was from Georgia. Okay, and but they all had stories 
basically about, yeah, my parents worked, and mm-hmm. so they were latchkey kids, or it was a, yeah, I just one day, you know, got up in the morning on a Saturday and took off through the woods and didn't come back until, like, sundown. Yep. And nobody ever was like, oh, he's not coming back. I'm no. worried about him or anything. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I have thought back about some of the stuff that I used to do as a kid. Oh, yeah. And just going, you know what? If I had slipped off that rock, any or number if of things, I had gotten stuck or anything along those lines, they'd still be looking. The for me. stories I could tell. Oh, I know. I just, know. <laughs> the one story that I will tell Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. that goes along with this, and it wasn't even, you know, I mean, I, for those of you who listen for a long time, you know that I still live in the same house that I grew up in. Yep. And so, my next door neighbor. So when I'm talking about this story, I'm talking about something that happened like. Oh, I don't know, uh, less than 20 yards from where we're sitting right now, okay? <laughs> Fair. It was, I want to say it was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Because the neighbors weren't home, and they usually, usually if they weren't home in the early evening, then that means they were at church on Sunday, mm-hmm. which normally we would be too, but for some whatever reason, we were home that night. They had one of those... Um, this play set, you know, the, the metal play sets that we all had, you know, right, right. back in the day that were barely would stay on the ground if you swung too high. You know, yeah. even, if, even, if, even if they were anchored, they eventually would come loose. Like, and by anchored, stuff. meaning you had like an, an uncle or a grandfather or somebody that reached up, grabbed it, and pulled it down. Yeah, pretty much could. in the ground. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe there was an actual, like, you know, like stake metal stake that was yeah. put through it or something. Or, or on a few occasions, you know, like I know we had one at one point, and my dad actually did like, Put some concrete on really? the, the post, and which is funny because they still came out of the ground, yeah, because it wasn't deep enough, you yeah. know. It was just like, hey. but um, they had one that they had a, a detached slide, it wasn't affixed to it, okay? okay, and which was a lot of fun, you know. We mm-hmm. would a lot of times, you know, and they, uh, my uh, my um. Mrs. Moss that lived over there, she kept kids for that. was like what she did. She was a nanny. Mm-hmm. And so there was always kids in the neighborhood playing with, you know. And she had a daughter that was a year older than me, you know. And it was one of those things where I was always over there playing. So we had, because it's what we did, one of the swings, the chain had broken it or something, so there was an open spot. Like there wasn't a swing there. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know who did it. I would not be surprised if I was the one that came up with this idea. I wouldn't be surprised either, but go ahead. So we took the detached slide. Yes. And we would position it underneath, or not underneath, but like slightly back from the center bar. The center of the bar. Mm-hmm. And we'd grab, jump, get to the top of the slide and then jump off and grab the, the, the crossbar mm-hmm. and swing on it that way. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, that was fun. Let's move it back a little further. Oh, God. You know, and we did this like, all day, you know, and it was fun, no, no, but no big deal. Right, until dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. You go forward a couple of days since mm-hmm. Sunday evening, and I walked, I went out there after, we'd already eaten dinner, but I was just kind of like, it was still, it was during the summer, so the sun wasn't completely down, it was probably 7 mm-hmm. o'clock or something like that. I went out there, and I moved, and I was jumping, I was doing the same thing, and I'm like, I'm going to move this back a little further. Mm-hmm. And I got up on top of it, and I jumped, and my fingertips barely caught the top of this thing. You face planted, didn't you? No, just enough to where I actually got them over the top, but not far enough to where I could get a full grip on it. So basically, what I did is I, I swung, you. yeah, 
and came flat down on my back. How long did it take you to get your breath back? I don't know. <laughs> All I remember was laying there looking at the sky for the <laughs> longest time. And then finally, I don't know if it was five minutes or if it was a half hour <laughs> that I laid there. I remember my mom calling me to come inside because it was getting dark. Mm-hmm. And I got up and came inside and <laughs> took a bath and went to bed. And that was... <laughs> I don't want to anymore. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I very, you know, uh, something very similar to that is that the uh, the church that I went to when I was a kid, my dad mm-hmm. was choir director, so a lot of times, you know, like when, he, when it was cantata season, if he went to church in, back in the, the 80s especially, yep. you know exactly what I'm talking about. He was there all the time with choir practice. Right. And so there were several of us, you know, younger, there were kids, you know, that we were there. And so the basement in this place was awesome mm-hmm. because you turn all the lights out and you're playing hide and go seek in the dark, which is the greatest thing in oh, the yeah. world. Okay. Uh, I'm running through this hallway. This is a long hallway. Okay. Probably, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it may not have been as long as I remember when I was a kid, but it was long enough, you know. And it was one of those things, the lights are all out. But there was, once you got down to the end of this hallway, you could make a, a sharp left, and that would go down to, there was an exit uh, down there, and there was an exit sign. So right. the only light is this red exit, exit I could sign. see it coming yeah. coming around the corner, okay, because- The halo light, of it. Yeah, the halo of the light. Not actually seeing the exit sign, yeah. but seeing the light you know, reflect you know, off the walls, basically, mm-hmm. around this corner. And I'm booking as fast as I can go, being mm-hmm. chased. And I got, and I was like, all right, here we go. And I went to take that corner and was about a foot and a half too soon. Oh, no. The walls were made out of cinder block. (laughs) (laughs) To this day, I don't remember actually falling on the floor. I just remember being on the floor. I remember (laughs) running, 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 stars on the floor. Uh Just. (laughs) Uh All right, I'll share one with you then. Before we get out of here, I'll share one with you. So when I was a kid, I had uh, a next-door neighbor who was basically an older adolescent. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy, you know, had a four-wheeler that he used to drive around the back. He actually owned a dragster. Nice. A full dragster. So, I mean, he was was the world's biggest six-year-old. Great guy. His name was Alan. So, you, you know, right in line. Yeah, there we go. But um, every, what are you trying to say, Barry? Uh, <laughs> As I'm looking around my hey room man. right now, hey man, I'm, I play <laughs> at the comic odds. books and video games. I and played the, like law, the law of averages. Okay, <laughs> so um, every year for for Fourth of July, we would do Bottle Rocket Wars. Oh, which for those of you that have never going. experienced Bottle Rocket Wars, oh, this is essentially where you will take any form of pipe or bottle or anything along mm-hmm. those lines and take bottle rockets, box missiles, Roman candles, any of those wonderfully explosive items, and shoot them at one another Yes, for fun and profit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're in the middle of one of these. And my dad, when I was growing up, up until the day he died, actually, was uh, he worked in heating and air. So there was okay. always oh. PVC pipe. Oh, around. yeah. So we yeah. would take just, you know, different stretches of PVC pipe, sink it in the ground, Dude. and drop these things like mortars. You get a piece, I was going to say, you get a piece of that PVC pipe, mm-hmm. especially if it's got, if it's capped on one end. Yep. Oh, my God. That would be just amazing. Just load them up and let them go. And it sounds great when they yes. go off, too. So. <laughs> or those box missiles that you yeah. just light them and turn them yeah. sideways and turn them loose. So we're running yeah. around, mm-hmm. the, and there's like, maybe six or seven of us all mm-hmm. just running around, including Alan. Well, I had 
a Roman candle. And I will never forget this as long mm. as I live. They tell you that when you're firing a Roman candle, you set it off to the side from you mm-hmm. and point it away from you. Mm-hmm. Well, I was pointing it away from me, but it was right, right in front, front of right you. Right in front of my stomach. So as I'm firing it, I'm like, boom, boom, boom. It was like a 10-shot Roman right. candle or something like that. That very and last one, though. gets to seven. <laughs> I remember this. It got yep. to number seven. And then nothing happened, and nothing happened, and nothing happened. And I'm like, well, maybe it just went dud. And then two of them fired out the front, and one fired out oh. the back. And it took me a minute to realize what had happened, and I turned sideways and watched it skitter off me, and I'm like, oh, my God, this just shot me. Yeah. So I'm run back into the house. I strip my shirt off. I'm looking at my shirt. It's charred. Oh, yeah. It's not burnt. There's no hole. It's just charred. And I had this section right in my stomach. It was a perfect circle Mm -hmm. of just this welt. (laughs) It stayed there for a good solid week and a half. And I'm just like, it's a perfect circle of me. My mom walks in and goes, what did you do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like... I could tell you, but you're going to be mad. <laughs> so I finally told her the story on this, and she's just like, how are you still alive? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Every once in a while, mm-hmm. when I was in my early and mid-20s, mm-hmm. I would start to tell some story like that in front of my mom, and she would always stop me and say, I don't want to know. Yep. <laughs> just <laughs> I don't want to know. And I, as I've gotten older, especially... Every once in a while, a lot more something now, will come up, and I'll just—I won't even—I'll I'll like, I'll get about a tenth of the way into a story, and I'm like, you know what? I think you guys probably don't need to know this. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have the edited for television version for you guys, you know? I, I definitely led a very uh, uh, <clears throat> adventurous life ah, uh, at one point. Robust, yes, a very, robust uh, life. very, very, very. Um, well-rounded person now because of it so guys thank you so much for uh joining us again for another one of our rambling episodes these episodes always seem to do really well though and we will have dave back soon. oh yeah dave will be back soon not just in the stuff we've already recorded but as like i said life yeah and i get it because you know like you know my son had the flu last week you know yeah and it's just it's been one of those things where there's been a lot of stuff going on yeah you you had easter you had all i mean just life stuff happens all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it's so funny as i get older i realize now how much my parents didn't let me know about when i was a kid (laughs) because it's just life stuff that like you know what he doesn't need to know what's going on you know and it's just this bizarre you know like i had to you know i had to have my car worked on not long ago yeah and I'm like, can I really afford $2,500, you know, in total, you know, all this stuff? I didn't have it all done at once, but it was one of those things where, like, every everything here needs to be done. And me spending $2,500 mm-hmm. is still better than a car payment True. and everything that goes with that because my car's paid off. You True. Know, it's still got a lot of, it's got a lot of mileage left. And I guarantee you know? that you, you didn't bring any of that to Xander's attention. No, you none of the clue whatsoever. Other than the fact that we didn't have a car for like a day yeah. because I had to borrow my dad, one of my, my dad's cars. I was like, no, look, it's going to be there overnight. He was too so, content yeah. eating frosted flakes and, exactly. and video games. You know, exactly. That's what a kid's supposed exactly. to do. Absolutely. So that's <laughs> yes. what I did. I didn't know about any of this stuff. Nope. You know, now, what's funny is that when I was a teenager, all of a sudden, my dad decided he wanted to tell me about all this stuff. I'm like, I don't care. Yes. And, it's, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a, oh, I don't care, dad. You know, that's what, it was one of those things is like, I wasn't dumb. Yeah. I was never told any of the stuff that was going on, but I knew 
just didn't know how to process it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, it was one of those things as I got older, I realized, oh, all of this was going on. Yeah. And nobody, and everybody tried to make sure that I didn't know about it, but I knew what was going on. So it was kind of one of those things. He would start to tell me about something. And I'm like, yeah, I know about that. Uh, to go back just, to the days of just <laughs> all you cared about was Frosted Flakes and oh, video games and cartoons. Speaking and, of which, you know, you're looking at all my Yeah, I was about Nintendo to say, I'm looking over and, seeing Excite Bike and I know behind I, you. All you the know. stuff that's over here that I'm like, yeah, that's right. And and I will, I will I've still got to bring, I, I, I said this off air, but I have my Atari 2600 mm-hmm. that I have to bring in here. And I have this whole setup here, you know, with this, this old, I, this old television that someone gutted. Uh, an old CRT, like one of the wood panel ones, mm-hmm. and they painted it, and they put shelving inside of it, and literally four video games, like to hook video games up, so right. the TV can sit on top of it. Um, and I'm like, that's all cool, and I have my Nintendo in there, that's fine, but the Atari 2600 has to sit on the floor. Yeah, that Absolutely. there there is no the 2600 does not sit on top of the television. Nope. It does not sit in a shelf under the television. Mm-hmm. It sits on the floor yep. in front of the television. Yep. <laughs> and you are sitting right beside exactly. it because you cannot play it any other way. That is the only way that that is proper to play one of those Preach. games. <laughs> and I was going to tell you, um, I didn't get a chance to tell you this off air. Um, over the weekend, we were you know kind of went to a variety of places just to kind of mm-hmm. goof around, and I went into a junk store. And mm, sitting behind the, the counter, unfortunately, it did not work. Because if it mm. worked, I would have called you and said, "You need to spot me two hundred dollars because it's coming <laughs> home." <with> okay, <laughs> Vision. Oh, yes, God. you can get a ColecoVision for cheaper. Than that. Okay, well, fair. <laughs> I'll and let so, you know that right now. I saw yeah. it. I was like, oh, but yeah, ColecoVision. Oh, you'd lose your damn yeah. mind on this. You know, I, I I know we said we're getting out of here, but screw it. Um, <laughs> I never had. I never owned a ColecoVision. I had um, an Intellivision. I never had, had an Intellivision. No, I tell you. A few years ago, mm-hmm. um, ten years ago, whenever I was doing recycled relics, I was doing the right. flea market and had a store before it became the cool thing to have a, mm-hmm. a, a, a vintage toy store. You know, I sort of one of those things I've said about that for many years now is I've watched all these places pop up around. You know, right? Because we have multiple ones. Oh yeah, around yeah, yeah, yeah. In the area, and it's a wow. We were just a little ahead of the curve you know that was the yeah. you know if you could have stuck it out you could have seen what happened you well know? i'll be honest a lot of the reason that we we didn't we couldn't stick it out had nothing to do with money yeah it had everything to do with space didn't have time yeah space and time of, you yeah. know my you know my partner got a promotion at work and he was gone all the time yeah and then it was a situation where right at the very end of it you know i was about to have be a dad you know yeah. i mean well I was about to be a dad. We were working on, we were working on, you know, expanding right. the family, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So it was like, I'm really not going to have any time when this gets going, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I still have some, a few things from from back then. Right. But it was, I bought an Intellivision during that time period, mm-hmm. like for next to nothing, you know. I mean, it was like right. same thing, you know. And, and it was one of those things. I had a whole bunch of that stuff, you know. I mean, like I'm trying to remember, was it Intellivision or ColecoVision, the one that had the Journey game? Uh, it was ColecoVision. It was ColecoVision. ColecoVision. Okay. Yeah, um, ColecoVision is an odd. You know, ColecoVision originally had the uh, that was the only way you could play Donkey Kong. Yep, I remember that. That was like their big seller. Was like, hey, we've got the exclusive rights to Donkey Kong, and then all of a sudden it showed up on Atari Twenty Six Hundred, mm-hmm. which I have. I have one of those cartridges. That's one of the worst. Like. Because the Atari Twenty Six Hundred didn't have the the graphic capabilities to recreate Donkey Kong, right. and it looks terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. plays all right, but it, it 
most of the the twenty six hundred stuff was like that though, where it was like, right. oh yeah, this is that game, but this is not that game. You mm-hmm. know, uh, the one exception might have been Ms. Pac Man. They figured out some way to make that one look at least very similar yeah. to the to the arcade, but not still not quite there. Right. We won't even talk about their Pac Man well, <laughs> or, or, or Tempest or any of those other yeah, ones. Yeah, or any you know, Raiders of Lost Ark or oh, any of that stuff. That was man. horrible. It was. I never could beat that game. It was horrible. never could. Well, it's still not the most hated. Et. Et is still yeah. the most hated. One. And it, there's plenty of those games that was just like oh. Yep. But those games, it, it's. I have debated getting rid of my 2600 several mm-hmm. times. Mainly because I just don't play it anymore, and I also have one of those plug and plays that came out like back right in with all the the what do they call them the the ROMs. Well, it was it was an official resp- you know, th- right. that came out back in the early I think it was like oh four oh five you know somewhere because well, they had a twenty six hundred version they had a Super Nintendo right version right but but the thing is is that the Nintendos were never official right this one was like they actually Atari like you know like they actually put their name on it you know oh, okay. kind of and, and it just looked like an atari joystick you know right and it's got all the games i care about playing on there yeah. you know like jar's revenge and adventure you know and some joust. of that stuff. yeah some I of that wear stuff joust know, out dude that are very 2600 oriented right. you know um 2600 centric yeah, yes exactly 2600 centric <laughs> the, the things that you associate with yes. you know uh, a lot of that like combat and uh, you know none of the Activision stuff because Activision was its own thing you right. know it was ex Atari workers who got mad for not getting paid royalties for their work and they went and formed Activision and put out a bunch of really good games yeah you know part of the reason I haven't gotten rid of the 2600 though is the fact that I have like the original Spider-Man game that oh, Parker nice. Brothers put out that like remember that. you can't play anywhere else. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you could probably emulate it, but it's like I, there is no plug and play with that on there. Right. Uh, as well as a few other games like that that I'm like, no, there is nothing else that I could do this unless I wanted to emulate it on a computer. And it's a whole other thing. I don't want to. Get it. <laughs> I've never gotten into emulation because again, I've got yeah, I kept, why? I kept the my original. Nintendo. Yeah. I've got that. I even have the little like the. Um, the NES and the SNES minis that were put out a few years ago. So it's one of those things I can play any of these games I want to. Hell, my Nintendo Switch, you know, the, the Nintendo Online, but mm-hmm. you pay $20 a year and they keep putting games on there that's like, you know, the uh, they have a bunch of NES games and a bunch of SNES games and yep. they just started adding in 64 games on there also and it costs $20 for mm-hmm. an entire year and you can play as much as you want to. And I'm like, that's pretty awesome, yeah. you know. So it's like, well, I'll, you know, there's a reason why people keep going back and playing these games because they're awesome. Well, <laughs> so exactly. There's I mean, a reason that I have a Ms. Pac-Man arcade one yep. up sitting in the corner over there, yep. you know, because that has Ms. Pac-Man and Dig Dug and Galaga and Galaxian and Rolling Thunder and Mappy and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like because those games still hold up all these years later. Yeah. And you they're know. still fun to play. That's the important exactly. thing. Exactly. You know? And they're still hard as shit. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, yeah, we are going to get out of here because we could talk video games the rest of the yes. night. We're not going to need to do that. Barry's got uh, uh, got to get out of here because he's got to get up early in the morning. Oh, so. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that flight. Anyway. And I'm trying to figure out whether or not I'm going to go watch that Nicolas Cage movie tonight or not. I've heard so. nothing but good things. <laughs> I know. Nothing Him and Pedro Pascal. And I'm like, I always enjoy when an actor, like, takes the piss out of themselves by playing yeah. themselves. And know. of anybody, it's going to be Cage, Oh, I know, I you know. know. And, and apparently he'd been asked to do this several times before, and this was the first time he saw a script where he's like, oh, no, I'll do that. I'll, I'll still do that. So There's a great episode of... Um Beyond the, is it behind the actor's studio or inside the inside, inside the, the actor's actor studio, studio yeah. of Travolta. 
oh, yeah. when they're talking to him about Nicolas Cage and, you know, how they... The face off, yeah. The, well, when they first met and it was just talking about, you know, they were trying to to, to relate. Well, you got to remember Nicolas Cage's last name, his real last it's name is Coppola. Coppola. Right, right. You know, Francis Ford Coppola is his uncle. Right. So... That's not the family that Travolta right. came from, and they were talking about. Yeah, but Travolta was in a couple of movie. He was in was a Blowout. In a couple, actually. Well, he was in Blowout. Yeah, remember that was yeah. But uh, it's the whole idea of, you know, or no, that wasn't Coppola. That they were was, trying. To, uh, who was it? Did the Godfather or not the Godfather? Uh, did um, uh, Scarface? Um, oh God! If you, you know, know what I'm talking about Scorsese. I can't remember. No, it's not Scorsese. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. So the the whole scene is they're they're you know trying to talk to one another and trying mm-hmm. to get to know one another and relate and. Uh, John's talking to him and saying stuff like, you know, have you ever had just like that that first sip of wine and how it just lingers and how it stays with you and all this other kind of stuff? And he's and Nick just looks at him and goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And have you ever had like that that first bite of a hard cheese? And it's like, yeah, I get that. Or you know, and go, Travolta's like, yeah, that first bite of you know steak or whatever. And then Nicholas looks at him and goes, and have you ever had a nice piece of glass? And Travolta looks at him and is like, uh, no, I've never really thought about a nice piece of glass but mm-hmm. you know and he was serious he was talking about a piece of glass i'm like that's uh, nicholas okay, Coppola, yeah, folks. yeah there you uh, go. that's nicholas cage <laughs> and on that note <laughs> yes Seriously, uh, go check out the other podcast go check out the other podcast like i said we'll have links in the, in the description. stay tuned for the uh it's coming our teaser short our trailer yes and and the, the whole thing will be soon that's all i can say at this point hopefully next week Maybe the next at the very latest. So, if you listen, when you're listening to it, see if you can pick out some of the background sounds. Some of them might sound a little familiar. Yeah, to there you go. So, and we're gonna have a good time. Yes, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, I'm so excited. I know. So, everybody, I am Alan Smith. I'm Betty, and we will see you next time. Later. Welcome to the greatest movies about Gen X tournament challenge. Not even supposed to be here today, dear Mr. Vernon. We accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, with the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain. And an athlete. And a basket case. A princess. And a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Excellent! Ours is a story that can only be told across multiple podcasts and decades. Ten! Where have you been for ten years? I freaked out. I joined the army. I worked for the government. I went into business with myself. I'm a professional killer. From 80s pop to grunge and writing to finally being an adult, we will debate the best movies about the best generation ever. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? I didn't exhale. (laughs) (laughs) Works for me. The highs, the lows, and a whole lot of dead-end jobs will be explored. I don't know. Drugs are out. Sex is out. Politics are out. Everything is on hold. I mean, we definitely need something new. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. 
So join us all, Gen X Mixtape, Gen X Grown Ups, Society Owes Me a Gen X Podcast, and Project Gen X, because no one else is looking out for us. Like fucking khakis. And without further ado, the greatest movie about Gen X begins now. Or whatever. Joe, it's Rex Manning Day. What, no applause? You met me at a very strange time in my life. Try